This is Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Scott Bertram, and with me today is State Senator Mike Shirky, the Senate Majority Leader, and also 16th District State Senator Branch, Hillsdale, and Jackson Counties. Senator, thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome, Scott. It's always my pleasure. I wanted to uh, broach with you first a subject I was filling in on a radio show recently across the state, and this bubbled up during my fill-in opportunity, and so I talked a lot about it. It's a subject that I, I know a good deal about, having uh, uh, lived in Illinois before I moved to Michigan, where they actually have a program like this, a deep blue state that has a tax credit scholarship program. And there was an effort in the, in the House and the Senate uh, to enact a, a similar program here in Michigan. Uh, the governor, I don't know, you could tell me, she, she has vowed to veto it. I don't know if she's done so officially, but that, of course, would kick things back to, to you guys. Uh, first of all, explain to people what this effort is all about, this tax credit scholarship program, and, and why why now? It seemed to have come uh, somewhat, uh, I don't want to say out of nowhere, but there wasn't a lot of buildup before this, this bill started moving through the House and the Senate. Yeah, I don't think it came out of nowhere. I think it's been a growing frustration amongst parents uh, and amongst those who are interested about the outcomes of our education system. Uh, Some of the decisions have been made over the last almost two years now that have really put the handcuffs on parents and on schools about operating and having a a significant part of the classrooms uh, closed down, working virtual. Uh, All the test scores indicate that the that has created a real gap in education, and there's, out of all of that, you know, the, the, the population that is disproportionately affected by what I just described are the lower-income families. And so this, uh, I call it uh, education savings account, some call it uh, scholarship opportunity account, uh, provides for individuals or businesses to make uh, contributions to a nonprofit for the strict purpose of giving money, grant money to families of below a certain income level that they can then use to supplement and enhance their children's education uh, and hopefully try to close the gap and maybe even catch up. Uh, and it, it results in a dollar-for-dollar credit toward your income tax obligation. So, for instance, in my business, if we had a $30,000 Michigan income tax obligation liability, if we wrote a check of ten thousand dollars to this uh, nonprofits that that to give these grants to uh, to lower income families, we would get a dollar for dollar credit off of our state income tax obligation. So in other words, we'd write a ten thousand dollar check to the nonprofit and then twenty thousand dollar check to the state of Michigan. It's a very 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 much needed and effective program, and uh, I think you know what the other reason that it's come up is that. We, we have to accelerate uh, the, the uh, training for all people, including people in, in, the, edu- in the K-12 systems, because we are gotten, we've got a big population that is retiring faster than projected, and so we have all these job openings. And so this is all of a part, part of a bigger picture, and I'm very excited about it. I think the governor will be making a serious mistake if she does, in fact, follow through and veto this couple questions on the objections raised to this program. Uh, one is uh, concerning the, the Michigan Blaine Amendment, and there are some, some national uh, repercussions on this because there have been some recent Blaine Amendment cases in front of the U.S. Supreme Court. Could this program exist with Michigan's Blaine Amendment as is? 
Well, we fully expect it to be tested in court, but we believe the way we've set it up and the way it's, the language is written that it would uh, survive that test. But we're very certain that it's going to be tested in courts. And the second uh, uh, objection uh, from the governor, I know that she mentioned this, is uh, the, the fact that the uh, Lansing would, quote-unquote, lose uh, millions of dollars in, in tax revenue, uh, to which I would point out uh, it's not Lansing's money. Uh, it, it is it is the, the citizens of Michigan money who then they decide to donate to a private program. Uh, and B, the last time we talked, we discussed the amount of money that's floating around Lansing at this point, both from the federal government and in terms of increased tax revenues uh, from the state, billions of dollars. If the state's going to spend money, spending it on education in this way seems like a wise idea. I think every dollar that we that we uh, t- put and spend and allocate to the something that's as high a priority as education uh, is another dollar that the state can't spend on progr- programs and projects that maybe aren't as valuable. Uh, I and uh, you and I are of the ilk that you know if you reduce taxes, you generally increase revenue mm-hmm. because of the freedom that it creates. So, so I'm just I just I just categorically uh, reject those arguments, and that's all about. You know, somebody in government wanting to wanted to maximize the amount of money that they had so they can play their own play their own agendas. State Senator Mike Shirky with us here on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. Uh, Senator, we see recently the results in the uh, Virginia gubernatorial race and the tightness in New Jersey. Uh, education was a large issue in Virginia after Terry McAuliffe said parents shouldn't have parents shouldn't decide what students are learning in school. When we look at what happened in Virginia, when we look at the fight uh, against critical race theory, when we see some efforts like this tax credit scholarship program, is it all part of a larger uh, movement, larger awareness of parents uh, to to get involved in their students' education. Absolutely, this is uh, this is. It may seem like it came out of left field, but it's been a, but a slow boil uh, since the beginning of last year. When in many states, including including and especially Michigan, there was draconian measures uh, forced upon families and schools what they could and couldn't do. And uh, the parents started to pay closer attention. Now you're seeing great attendance at school board meetings across the state. You know, sometimes they, they get a little loud, but they don't, they don't even come close to qualifying for any kind of, of, uh, of uh, antagonism. These are parents who are sincerely involved and engaged in paying attention, and it's a wonderful thing to see. Democracy in a representative republic where we have freedom of speech sometimes gets a little bit messy, but it's really important for us to let that uh, happen because that's how we survive. And I, I just think this has been pent up over the last few, uh, like, 18 months now, and uh, I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon, especially if you couple it with the agenda that's coming out of Washington, D.C. So I'm, uh, I'm applauding. I'm applauding what's happening right now. People need to behave, need to be respectful, and I think in, for the vast majority of them they've been very uh, uh respectful but they're making their opinions known and this can only be a good thing uh, in our education system uh senator uh over the weekend late last week uh, governor gretchen whitmer uh called on the auto insurance industry to send refunds to uh, residents across the state of michigan uh from the uh the catastrophic fund that she says has billions of dollars inside Explain to our listeners a bit about the logistics here. Uh, Where is that money from? Why is there a a large amount there? Are refunds appropriate in this situation? Is this a result of the auto insurance reform package from a couple of years ago? How does this all come together? 
Sure. Thanks for asking that, Scott. We've known for months, I have personally known for months, that the that the uh, balance in MCCA has been steadily growing since we in, did the auto no-fault reforms in Michigan. Uh, we've recognized that. We expected it. And the reason why I am so confident in the, con- the topic that we expected it is we included language in the reform that helps prescribe how any excess surplus uh, would be distributed back to drivers. And like I said, we've known about this for months. It was a PR stunt, as far as I'm concerned, to come out and call for the refund because we're going to follow the implementation of the law and we are going to assess it based on the language in the bill, in the bills that did the reform. And there's a very specific formula that provides the MCCA direction for how to distribute any surplus. It looks like there's going to be a surplus because auto no fault reform is working Mm -hmm. and people are getting and one of the biggest, best measures, and you and I talked about this a couple of years ago, of uh, proof that it's working is that we've got dozens of new companies offering insurance in Michigan that never offered it before. We've got more competition. It's put price pressures on. People are saving money. But we're going to let the law play out, and uh, the MCCA will make, make the assessment based on the language of the law, not because of some governor called for a refund. For for drivers, and I know that you said there's a formula, there's a way to make this happen. What should they expect uh, going forward if this was sort of already in play before even the governor mentioned anything? How does this play out? Well, two things will happen. One is that uh, at the right time, based on the, the statute, uh, they'll determine they'll assess the surplus, assess what their projected liabilities going forward are, and then determine what that surplus might be, and then correspondingly reimburse every driver that's insured for every car. Going forward, that also portends to keeping pressure on lowering yet even more that assessment for MCCA. So it's a potential refund, which I think is a pretty high probability, and pressure to keep that uh, line item in our bills, uh, you know, as competitive as possible, maybe even go down a little bit more. Right. So essentially the refund happens, then hopefully uh, the, the insurance companies say, well, we don't want to have this this massive stash uh, in the future, so we, we are able to reduce uh, the rates for drivers across Michigan, so that would impact future future monthly payments or you know annual payments on car insurance. Everything about this is good. Uh, and by the way, one of the reasons we want to let the law play out is that we want to make sure that we don't jump the gun here and discount the long-term liabilities that people still have for lifetime benefits under our very rich, still the richest in the nation, uh, auto insurance uh, statute. Uh, And so we want to make sure that we don't end up in the same predicament we were back in the uh, 1990s uh, when a governor serving back then called for a refund, and then two years later, all of a sudden, the uh, fund balance was too low and they had to dramatically increase and we're not going to go back to that kind of thing. So I think the way the, st- the legislature laid out the law, the way it was signed into law, needs to be played out, and uh, that protects everybody's interest the best possible way. State Senator Mike Shirky. Find him online at SenatorMikeShirky.com. Also on Facebook, search for Senator Mike Shirky. Branch, Hillsdale, Jackson Counties, that's the 16th State Senate District, and also Senate Majority Leader. Senator, thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome, Scott. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Have a good day. More of our interviews and conversations on our SoundCloud page. Go to soundcloud.com, search for WRFH Radio Free Hillsdale. And I'm Scott Bertram on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.